Hills, hope you're doing good. Hey, I heard that one good morning. Thank you. I hope you're doing good this morning. Um, We are going to uh, jump into this little two-week series that we've been walking through called Obedient Giving. And we're going to talk about the issue of generosity today. Um, So if you did not get sermon notes, if you got in here and you didn't get one of these, it's like jam-packed this morning. So just slip up your hand and uh, Mike will come sprinting like the wind to you to get you one so that you have one and, and, and you can take it. Take it home with you after it's filled out, and and this just could be devotional material even this week uh, for you to walk through. Hey, let me give you one announcement you may not got earlier, is we are doing uh, two really Christmas Eve services that we're really excited about, and one of the components that we're going to do to open up the the services on Christmas Eve is this children's video that I don't want to tell you too much about. Uh, It's going to be pretty awesome. We're excited about it, but we are asking that if you have kids between 10 and 11 years old that would be willing to be in a little video of us just asking them some questions about what they know about Christmas, uh, we would love to, to have them. So this morning, if you, if, uh, if you receive the email from me, you can just respond to that email or you can just take the card and at the end just write kids video and we'll know what you mean by that and, uh, and we'll get all the details out to you quickly here, and that's going to be a lot of fun, that video, and we're actually throwing some surprise into that video that we'd like to, to hold that, so it'll be a good time. All right, uh, we're talking about generosity this morning. Now, last week we spent the whole morning talking about obedient giving on the side of talking about th- this concept of tithing, but this week we get to talk about this, this really fun thing generosity, what we're walking through today, guys, is fun because we get the opportunity with our resources, with our time, with who we are and who God has designed us to be, to actually turn and be a blessing to someone else. That is the basis of generosity. It's using what God has given me to turn around and be a blessing to someone else. And can I tell you, that is just fun if you've not experienced that up till now in your life. In fact, if you've lived your life up to this point with the, I've got to get, I've got to get, I've got to get, and once I get, I've really got to work hard to like hold on to it, get my arms around it, and just just hold it in tight, then you've known, uh, you've lived a pretty stressful life. But when we start to learn about this thing of generosity, we actually learn Life can be so much fun when we turn around and we want to bless somebody else from where? From what God has given us and what he's entrusted to us. So that's what we're going to look at uh, this this morning. Now, I want you to think about generosity not in terms of just your finances, okay? This morning, though I know often when we talk about generosity, we think in terms of just dollars. But can I just challenge you to think in terms of anything God has provided for you that you would be generous in, that you would be generous. Now, let's just take a look at these uh, in your notes this morning. I want to give you a few principles of generosity. These are basic biblical principles that we find in God's Word that speak about generosity. And so I'm going to just walk through these and highlight. And I know there's a lot in this outline, so I I want to go through it at at a decent pace But one of the reasons there's so much in here and the passages that I put in here are actually attached 
to longer passages that tell longer stories. And so I want to encourage you this week, notice that there's seven points. I want to encourage you, you can start and just walk through it for a whole week. Each of these points, take the greater passage that these passages are attached to, and you can work it right into your own devotional time this week, and you can work through this issue of generosity. So some biblical principles of generosity. Here's the first one. God owns everything. Uh, This is a serious overarching principle in God's word that God actually is the provider and the giver of everything and that we are the managers of that. Now, I I think sometimes, if you're like me, uh, if I'm not careful, I certainly like to proclaim this statement I like to speak this way because it's the good, proper Christian thing to say. And I mean, I'm a pastor. I probably should say it, right? But then I find myself sometimes as I'm living, the way I'm living it out, I work more in the side sometimes if I'm not careful of, no, it's mine. I own it. And if I, you know, if I'm feeling good, maybe God can share in it. But the biblical concept for us to understand is that God owns everything, that he is the provider, the giver of all that we have. In fact, when you're talking about generosity, chances are you're going nowhere with your generosity until you get this point solidified in your life. Do you understand this key biblical uh, point here that it's not yours to begin with, but it's God's who has entrusted and provided it for you? It's a cornerstone of generosity here. Take a look at uh, what Psalm chapter 24 says on this issue. Verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Pretty all-encompassing. The world and all its people belong to God. You see, when we start to understand that this isn't really mine to begin with, but mine to manage, we start to think, now what should I do with it? What is of best benefit for me to do with this. Now, um, we have a, a couple teenage drivers now. Anybody out there have teenage drivers? Or you've walked through it? Yeah? I, I, can, I, I, yeah, I can tell. You just have a different look on your face at times, having lived the years of torment. Um, but you have, uh, oh, my kids are in here. <laughs> Should have said it differently. Um, but yeah, you, you, you teenage drivers. Now, my kids, like, they drive my car, right? I mean, it's in my name, um, I paid for the car, right? Or my wife and I, it's in our name. Um, so what are they? Is it their car? Not a chance. Um, and like it's an important principle for us to help our kids understand, you know, that is a car that I am loaning you. And often they get to drive like my, you know, my decently nice Jetta while I drive, you know, the 1990 Honda Accord that Jim Bethune sold to me for a dollar. Um, but what am I saying? You may, you may use this car. You may go out and you may use it. And you may drive in this car. One of the key principles to remember when you're out there is that's not your car. I want you to think about how you're treating that car. I want you to think about the, the, the way that I've asked you to use that car and are you using it in that way? Because ultimately, let's remember, that's not your car to make your decisions with. Be a blessing with that car. Be obedient with that car. It's a key principle. And in in a very similar way, God is wanting us to know from the get-go, if you're going to be a generous person, know first of all the foundation is 
Everything belongs to God. Secondly, uh, God's work must be supported by God's people. Now, uh, this is an interesting thing because one of the kind of the, the knee-jerk statements that we like to say a lot is, God doesn't need your money anyway. Have you said it? Have you heard it? Um, well, I think in truth, it's correct that God doesn't, it's not like God's going to be crippled if we don't give him our money or our time, our resources, um, that God's going to all of a sudden fold up shop and say, I guess it didn't work out here. I'll move on maybe to another planet and try to do something somewhere else. Uh, That's not what God's saying. So there is truth in that statement. But in reality, God has said, I've set up a system where I give and then I ask you to give back. Give back a portion to me. We talked through that last week. And then give of the rest to whoever might be in need in your life. And that, that for whatever reason, God has said, I'm going to create this system where the way it's going to work, that the work of my kingdom is going to be funded and supported by my people giving of what I have given to them. And so this statement is, is truth here, that God's work must be supported by God's people. That's how God has designed it and set it up for us. Now, I don't know about you, um, but it would be much easier, I think, um, I like to believe this, if there was just like a drop of money or a drop of like time if I'm crunched in a day, right, where um, there's just always a bucket available for more if I might need it. Wouldn't that be nice uh, for you? A bucket of money, a bucket of time, bucket of energy when, you know, you're whooped, whatever it is. Just, I mean, if it was just a bucket was just there constantly and God just kept dumping it. I said last week it would be a, a seemingly... A, a more exciting principle if God would work it kind of like the fish and loaves where, you know, there's just a little in the basket and for whatever is happening behind the stage, it just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. But God has said, here's the way I've decided to do this. I'm going to be a great, generous God and I'm going to give of you. I'm going to give to you. And then what I'd like you to do is to understand the blessing, the benefit, the fun, the excitement of blessing somebody else's life So now turn around and give. Give of it to someone else. And in that way, we are supporting the work of God's ministry. We find out in the Old Testament that the Levites, who the Levites were actually the ones who had to take care of all of the temple. They were kind of like the pastors of the Old Testament, though they did things pastorally that I don't have to do today. Thank goodness I don't slaughter animals in front of you uh, today for, for any atonement sacrifice. I'm very grateful uh, for that would be good. I remember the time I saw a mouse running around in my pantry. That was enough panic for me um, that I don't uh, need to be opening up animals. Um, but the Levites, that was the job that they did. In fact, they did this job for the high priest. If you remember, Aaron was a high priest. In fact, his whole, his whole clan was high priest. And then the Levites did the work under the high priest. And you know that all of those people were funded by the generous giving of God's people. And so everyone had a part to play in that. The work was supported by God's people. You know, um, a lot of times when we see someone in need, uh, we really have a a choice. We either say, this is going to stretch me a little bit, or I might have some, um, but I can do something here. Or we say, maybe somebody else will come along and do that. 
Now, uh, in your head, you might be saying right away, your rebuttal might have been, well, Tom, I don't, I, I, I don't say that, that somebody else might come along and take it. But whether we choose to bless and when we choose not to bless, we're really making one of those two calls. Either I'm going to bless and I'm going to provide here, or I'm going to move on and I guess trust somebody else is going to take care of the issue here. Now, it's not always bad to know somebody else might come along, but when we start to live a pattern of our life where we're always passing up the opportunity, guess what we're also passing up? The work of God's kingdom the blessing that we can be to someone else. You know, uh, one of the things I've been so proud uh, of this church in in the six years that I've been here is that we've never had a need that hasn't popped up. Somebody that, uh, that is just in need, something's happened, emergency or whatnot, where the church is not raised up to, to help and to respond in that need. I remember several years ago, about four years ago, somebody's house burned down right before Christmas. And uh, there was, the call went out to a couple churches. Now, this family was not in our church. It was just a contact through a contact. Um, so it was kind of a distant connection. But I remember the, the call went out to some other churches, and, um, and seemingly nothing was really happening. Uh, but this church, you don't know those people. You'd never met those people, right? But you rose up, and you were very generous um, to the point where it took quite a bit to take all that was collected over to them, more than I expected for you to bring in. That was a big deal. One day we ran across a family that was living down here in an apartment. It just got set up in, in, a, in an apartment, right? And we walked through this apartment and we noticed that not one person in that family, family of four, was sleeping in a bed. Uh, mom and dad weren't even sleeping in a mattress, but they were just in an apartment and had a couple items. And you know, the call went out and that there was two beds set up um, in that, I'm sorry, three beds were set up in that house in, in a matter of about 24 hours set up. I mean, I'm talking bed frames, mattress, box springs, the whole bit. You know, we went over to Mattress Firm and got it all set up uh, for them. Uh, that was your generosity in action. A few years ago, uh, we put the call out for, um, for providing uh, a well, or trying to, trying to dig a, a well. Um, and in a, I can't remember what country now, I'm sorry. Uh, but we actually sent our money to global partners in the Wesleyan Church, money that we collected from you, and it went down to partner with another church that was able to put a well in the ground for a place that needed clean drinking water. Um, and so on and on these type of stories go, not to mention that every year, Justice and Compassion, when we have our Celebration of Hope, we put this challenge in front of you, and there's always some so some amount of money, usually above that dollar amount, that's collected in there uh, here through our church. What are we doing when we do that? We are doing the work of the kingdom. Doing the work of the kingdom. If you've never had the joy and blessing and fun of doing the work of God's kingdom, then I'm telling you, this sermon is for you this morning to understand the value of generosity. Look at the statement I want you to to go home with today. Giving must be a lifestyle, not just an activity. When it becomes a lifestyle, it just becomes who you are and what you do. Your knee-jerk is to help. There's a couple of you in here, I I know I've talked to you, that you constantly stock your car, maybe a little cooler, I can't remember how you do it, with little sandwiches or those like crustables, you know what those are, those little peanut butter and jelly things, so that when you pull up to the side and somebody might be there who's in need of food, 
uh, then you, you send a few crustables, a few sandwiches their way. It's just become a lifestyle for you to have those sandwiches and those things available. When it becomes a lifestyle, not an activity, generosity, it just flows out. It just flows in this connection, in this in tune with God's work. Here's three. Take a look at it. God holds every person accountable. Mm, I don't like that one as much as the one I liked before. Um, when I get to accountability, I don't know. I don't know if you're like me. I, I don't enjoy that uh, as much. I, I'm a part of a, a pastor's kind of private Facebook. Um, and, and pastors have this ability to kind of share things that are going on in their life, things that maybe they're struggling with, their hopes or joys, or pray for this or these type of things. And uh, one person got on there and... Um, they said at their last board meeting that the board set them down and needed to talk with them. And they needed to talk with them on the side of their own giving to the church. Had not been tithing for uh, a number, almost a year or so, had not been tithing. And they didn't see any form of charitable giving in through the church. And the, and the board needed to sit them down and, uh, and just ask them about it and just talk to them about it from, from all accounts. This person had a major problem with their board doing that. And it's saying that this issue of accountability is hard. It's not always welcomed. On this side of it, though, it says God will hold us all accountable for what we've been given. Now, again, don't just think in terms of money, please, here. Think in terms of whatever God has provided to you, your time. How about your talent? For many of you, you do your talent, your skill set, so often during the week. And if we're not careful, we get in the mindset of, I do this for a living. I don't really want to also do it for the kingdom of God at another time. And God's saying, I blessed you with that skill set. You can crunch numbers like nobody else, right? Because I've blessed you that way. You just have that ability to look at numbers and to create something out of it and somebody else doesn't. And God says, I'm going to hold you accountable for that because I've given that to you. However it works for you. You might have worked yourself into a job position and you're like, I create my own schedule. Wouldn't that be like wonderful if you created your own schedule throughout the week and your job had so allowed that? And so the flexibility in this time, well, guess what? God's saying, now use of that time. Use of that. Make your schedule, work your schedule to where you can go and you can be a blessing to other people. And God said, you know what? I set up that for you so that your schedule would be so flexible for you. I'm going to have to hold you accountable to that flexibility as well. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says it this way. Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. You see, if we get the first principle right and we say God owns everything, we're, we're the managers of what he's given to us. Now we have to follow that up to say that we're going to be held accountable now by the owner who says, use of this in the way that I would have you use it. So God looks at that and holds everyone accountable in that. Here's an interesting point, uh, number four. Take a look at it. God's will is that we give wisely and we give generously. God wants us to, to give, be very, very generous. He wants us to be wise uh, as well in, in how we give. There's this neat little story uh, that's found in the book of Luke chapter 16. And uh, it's a story about this manager who, uh, it, it turns out he didn't manage uh, his, the, the money very well, the owner. And the owner said, yeah, I'm going to 
I'm going to have to let you go is what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to fire you. It would make sense, right, in your, in your job if you weren't doing that very well. And uh, this, this manager, not knowing now what he's going to do, he says, well, I've got an idea here. Um, I'm going to go, as one of my last acts before I'm let go, I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to a few of these people that still owe money to the owner. And uh, what I'll do is I'm going to cut the bill down for them. You owe a thousand? Hey, cut it down, make it eight hundred, he says to one of the people. And he goes through and he does this with them. And he actually, what we find here is he's actually earning these friends. He's earning these connections, he's networking really in the scripture, so that when he's out of a job, he's got some people to connect with. Maybe even somebody will give him a job, or maybe even uh, something else will come up. But we find that the manager, or excuse me, the owner actually finds out what he's doing, and you would think the owner is going to go ballistic, right? But the owner actually looks at him and says, well done, the way you've, you've acted, the way you've worked here. Now, let me step back for a second. The point of this story here, this, this parable that we're finding, the parable is not in there for us to, to then go, oh, well, I'm going to go be as shrewd as I can be with my money here uh, uh, so that I can, I can uh, earn some friends or some, some opportunity down the road. Uh, the lesson is in the scripture that we find is to, you, to be wise with, with the resources that you have, that it will open up doors in the future even, in your generosity and in your wisdom of how you use the money. The interesting story in Luke, I, I look back and I wonder, with all that God has given me, if I could go back and, and I could just be wiser with the money. Because it's not so much the times that I said, I'm not going to give here, Lord, that I think I, I, I look back and I'm most frustrated with myself, though there are times in my life I'm frustrated that I did not give. You know the times that frustrate me? When I look back and I was unwise with the money I have or the resources I had or the time I had, I was unwise with them. And because I was unwise, I couldn't then turn around and be generous. I couldn't. Because I decided, hey, I'm making enough money now that now I can go out and borrow more money and have to pay back more money. I mean, it sounds like, a, sounds like a principle we should follow, right? I mean, we do it in our life all the time. But I mean, think about it. I'm, I'm now saying, hey, I, I earn enough money that I now can go borrow for something that I can't afford. And because I was unwise in certain areas like that when I was younger, I look and go, man, I could have been so much more generous. I could have been a blessing to other people. And every once in a while, I run across a 21, a 22, a 23-year-old college graduate that's just getting themselves set up. And I go like, how in the world are they so incredibly generous? You know why? Because they're wise. Even with maybe the small amount that they're bringing in now, they're wise with, with that. And because of that, they're able to turn around and be incredibly generous with it. Number five here, a principle of generosity. God desires equal commitment, but not equal contribution. 
Equal commitment, not equal contribution here. Jesus has a story in Mark chapter 11, and uh, he brings his disciples into uh, the, the room where the offerings were given, and they're given in these large ceramic jars. And I shared with you in a previous sermon that when you gave your coins in a large ceramic jar, what would happen? You would have this noise and sound that went along with it. So you knew by standing there who was giving a lot and who was giving a little, right? Just by the noise and the sound of it. And as they're standing there, you just think, Jesus has his disciples there, and people are giving, and people are throwing in, and just clang, 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 kind of thing. And the disciples very easily, just like we do sometimes, could have said, wow, that's quite an amount. That's, that's incredibly generous that they're giving here. And then you know the story in chapter 12, starting in verse 34, this this lady came in and she just threw in just a small amount, hardly enough to even make a sound as it went in to the ceramic jars here. And Jesus says this. He calls his disciples to him and he says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she, as she is, gave everything she had to live on. That Jesus is radically changing the concept with his disciples of what it means to be generous. He says, don't, don't look at the amount. That's not what we're talking about here. A large amount that, that comes out as a small percentage of a great surplus is not as generous as this lady who gave seemingly everything she had to the work of the kingdom here. And, she, and so is the same with us today. That when we come, God is not saying, look, I've got, I've got one amount, and I need each of you to give that amount. And if you don't, you know, like, here's the generous givers, here's the not-so-generous givers. God, God doesn't care about that. The same thing is true today. God just wants us to have the commitment to say, I want to live a life of generosity. And out of what God has given me, whether I feel like that is a lot compared to others in our world or a small amount, God has said, be generous with it, that we would be equal in our commitment, but it doesn't have to be so in our contribution. Now, um, I don't know about you, but uh, anytime somebody, you go to a museum or anywhere that there might have taken donors to build something, often they'll have bricks out there or a plaque with names and stuff on there. Maybe you've seen this at the zoo and places like that. Um, and usually these plaques start in the thousands, right? You give a certain thousand and you get on this plaque, you know, you're a bronze member or silver or gold or however these things work, right? Um, not too many places that you go and there's the, you know, the $5 plaque. You know, like I gave $5 to this organization and I got on this, you know, aluminum foil plaque or what, whatever the plaque would be as it worked itself down. But you know what? God says in his kingdom, in his setup, that's exactly what he wants to do. If you just be generous with what God has given you, God says, you've done all I've called you to do, to be generous with what I've given of you. And so it takes equal commitment, but not equal contribution. Here's a statement to remember here. One must give up something, not just give away something. See, what Jesus is saying is, out of their surplus, they just kind of gave a little bit away. They might have even recouped that that afternoon. I don't know. Um, but Jesus is saying, this young woman, I mean, she gave up this widow. She gave up a lot. 
In fact, I'm not even sure she knew where that was going to be regenerated, what she put in there. She just gave as God had put on her heart to give. Number six here, God holds more responsible those to whom more is given. If God has richly blessed you in some area, some resource, it could be finances, it may be in the time available, it may be your skill set, it may be your mind, how you're able to process things. However it may be that God says, if I have given richly to you, then richly you give. And there's, there's this responsibility he holds David, we find in the, first, in the book of First Chronicles, there's this, this story of David, if you'll remember, his job was to, to stockpile the resources for the building of the temple. Solomon came along and built the temple. And so as David is stockpiling this throughout the kingdom for the building of the temple, gold and silver and, and bronze and all this kind of stuff that he's stockpiling, we find in First Chronicles 29, 1 through 5, that David actually says, now I open, I open the storehouse. For all of this to be used, all that has been given in the kingdom, well, that my palace won't hoard it, I give this to be built for the temple. But here's the the clincher, verse 4, is he says, and above that, I open up my own vault, and I give of. And he rattles off what he's given to, to the work of the temple. You know what he's saying here is, I've been so blessed as your king, I've been so financially blessed and resource blessed. I give it all for the work of the kingdom, the building of the temple as well, out of my personal as well. And so we find he gives. He's generous there. I know when we were working through the building uh, commitments, um, we sat down as a family, and I, I'm telling you, there was this overwhelming sense that if myself as your pastor was going to stand up and challenge you to give on a building commitment, a three-year building commitment. That's no small commitment. It's a big, big deal. But if I was going to sit up here and challenge you that, um, I better step up and challenge myself and my family as well to be generous in that area. And that was, that's probably the hardest thing God had put on my heart because the first amount God gave, I said, no, no, God, that's, we're, we've crossed our wires here. We're off the mark here in that. But in the same way, God is saying, look, leaders, leaders, if you're going to call your people to do it, better do it. Better do it. Stand up and make it happen. In fact, I put that in there this morning for you. Leaders are examples, not exceptions. If you're a leader, and chances are you're a leader in some capacity in your life, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your family, uh, wherever it is, you're, you're a leader in some area that God has said, be generous. If you're a leader, if you're going to teach generosity, if you're going to ask that, if you're going to build it into your kids, then you need to be it. You've got to be the example of this. Number seven here, God blesses those who give generously. Can I just... Can I just give a preface before we go on? Because that statement alone is a hot statement sometimes in the church world. We are not in any way a health and wealth type of gospel church. In no way do we believe that you can manipulate God with your giving of your money or your resources, and you will therefore demand of God because you did, um, because you gave, or because you did such and such. 
We don't believe that if, if you just would give so much and that would declare your faith so much that your physical healing would come as well. And that physical healing is tied to your faith as is evidence in your financial giving. We don't believe any of that in any way, shape, and form. But there's no way of denying in God's word that there is this principle that there is a blessed life that comes from those who are willing to be generous. That it just brings blessing in our life. Translation sometimes for us is, oh, if I give a buck, I'm getting two back eventually. Um, That wouldn't be consistent with God's word. But there's incredible blessing that comes when we're able and we're willing to be generous. Proverbs 20, or excuse me, 1022 says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, uh, what I love about that word rich, especially in the Hebrew there, is it's an all-encompassing word. For us, we would say rich. We immediately think financial, right? They have more money than I do is usually what we mean when we say they're rich, right? But this is an all-encompassing word in the Hebrew, meaning when they say they are rich, they have depth is what the word really means, that there is this, this deep depth that they have as it, as it relates to like joy and satisfaction and contentment in their life. They have all that they need in their life. That's how the word comes out in the Hebrew here. That's what generosity brings, that when we turn, we bless somebody else, that it brings this joy and this satisfaction. I'm telling you, if you have never been, I mean, if you can't sit here and think of a testimony when you have been generous. Again, think about how Jesus redefined generosity. We're not talking about, you know, it came around, I had two bucks in, I threw it in kind of thing. That was out of my surplus. But when you've dug down and you've said, I'm going to give of this, sacrificially give. Uh, For whatever reason God has called, whether it was money or time or resources or your talent, whatever it is, boy, the blessing that comes back is, is pretty tremendous. It's pretty tremendous. Anytime, those of you who sponsor children down in Guatemala, and we had about 20 that are sponsored through this church. When you sponsor one and you get the the little pictures of your child, or maybe every once in a while your child has written you a letter and you get to open that and and read that or those type of things, or maybe it has nothing to do with what you receive. It's when you get to put together the package or if you're actually going there and you get to take it and you get to see their family and that interaction, you understand this principle. You understand exactly what we're talking about. The richness and depth that comes from being generous. The phrase on the sheet there, when we're generous, we don't get burned, we get blessed. We get blessed when we're generous. So what does all this mean? Let me just quickly walk you through a couple, uh, what I'd call takeaways. I think these are just practical things you can put into place uh, that would, uh, practical ideas that would help you with generosity. And uh, so let me just briefly walk through this. So first, uh, take money seriously, but not too seriously. Meaning here, don't destroy yourself, your life, your family, those around you, simply to get more money. There's always more hours to work. There's always another job to apply for. Uh, there's always more you can do that might translate into a greater income. Um, money's important. You've got to pay bills, right? You need housing. You need to put food on the table. It's our responsibility often as parents to provide in those type of areas. But don't overdo it in that area where you destroy your family. Often, and you've heard the phrase before, our, our greatest gift can become our greatest weakness at the same time. And 
that being applied here is the avenue to, to earning what we need to supply for our family sometimes can be a detriment when we take it way far as well, and we end up destroying our family. Proverbs 23, 4 says it pretty blunt. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Here's the second thing. is act out of love, not out of guilt. There's this little passage in 2 Corinthians when Paul is, is actually touring around, and he is, he is taking up collection for the widows in Jerusalem. And he speaks of this. He, he gives this famous verse. You might know it. In 2 Corinthians 9, he says, Don't give under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? What he's saying is, you don't need to be manipulated into giving. You don't need me standing up here this morning and, and like really turning it on hot and heavy for you, right? To get you to give in any certain area. That's not how God desires. God's desire is that you would be before him every single day, every morning, or evening, whenever you go into your devotion time, and in that day you would say, God, where do you want me to be generous today? Who is it in my life? What is it? In what ways do I need to be generous today? If you would heartfelt say a short prayer, it could be about five seconds long, just like that every day. Do you know what? You never have to worry about giving under guilt because God will always direct your generosity. He'll always tell you, the next place to give either financially or time or whatever that may be. So Paul is saying there, you know, hey, I'm coming through and I'm, I'm asking for this offering for the widows of Jerusalem, but give if your heart is cheerful to give to this reason for the work of the kingdom as it relates to these widows, but not under guilt or compulsion. The next thing, be a river, not a reservoir. Just an interesting little metaphor there. Uh, Luke six thirty eight captures it. This is from the message translation, if you're familiar with it. Give away your life, you'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way generosity begets generosity. And, and the metaphor there is being a river that God provides give away, and the river keeps flowing, whether a reservoir is, we're just going to keep stocking up and stocking up. Now, if I give of the reservoir, uh, the reservoir is just going to keep going down, get lower and lower, right? But to think about it as God will bless, God will reply or uh, replenish as we're generous and as we give. And here's finally is have an open heart and an open hand. I want to just share on this last thing, just a little personal note. Um, this this week I'm, I'm putting this together right these these two messages and last week is is uh, for many pastors would be a harder one because you're talking about like obedient giving and tithing this week is much more fun to talk about generosity and however God puts it on your heart right but you know this week I talked with a, a close friend and um, and he had spent the time with God on this and you know what he said to me he said you know Tom it's all about it's all about the heart. None of it's really obedient giving. It's all heart giving. It's all about the heart. Whether we're following the, the tithe principle where God says, hey, give the 10% for the work of the kingdom through your local church. Or whether it's give of the 90% in any way that God has put on your heart. Just, just give of it and trust God uh, in this area of we talked about this week. It all has to do with having an open heart to the Lord. Because when God has a heart, my heart, whether God has asked me directly to do it or whether God has said, hey, lots of great choices, 
you know, choose one and be, just be a blessing here. Whichever way God's asking me, I, if God has my heart, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm doing that because God's captured my heart in that way. And why would I not want to see the local church's ministry always funded and built up? Why would I not want to be a blessing to someone or something I, I, I might come in contact with in our world in way of generosity? Why? Because God has my heart. And so this last one is key. Have an open heart with the Lord and, and the open hand kind of takes care of itself. And God uses his people to benefit his kingdom. So, thank you. I, I, I think these are key principles for all of us. I've been challenged just putting this together in my own life as well. So don't think I've like accomplished it and I'm there. And uh, uh, God keeps challenging me as I hope he does you. But I want to pray for you in this area because I would expect there's at least one of these points, if you're like me, many of them, that uh, could be a deeper challenge. And then uh, I want to invite our vice chairman of the board who's going to come up in just a moment and share a couple words with you. So would you bow and pray with me? Father, I thank you for <laughs> generosity. Lord, I thank you that you are not a God who's saying, hey, I don't need you. Just step aside and I'll take care of it. I'll supply all this on my own. That you've said, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you in an amazing way and you're going to get the blessing from it. Here's what it implies. Just take of what I gave and just give it back. Give it to people in need. Be a blessing to others. You give, give of your tithe to the church and then give generously to people as they're in need. And as I put it on your heart, just give. And what fun that is to support the work of the kingdom. So Father, I pray this morning, if there be anyone that you're just kind of tapping, you're just knocking on the door of their heart in this area to say, hey, let's just, let's just you and them, God, just their God and them just having a, a conversation about this and walking through this and and Lord, you challenge him in any way you want. Father, would they just have the heart open up to that? And Lord, if there be any one of these principles that especially hits home this week, Father, I pray that you would have ultimate free reign to speak into our life, to challenge us, to take us to where you would like us to go in these areas. And Lord, we trust that, that the church will be blessed, the church will be funded, the church will be supplied with teachers, the church will be supplied with, with uh, people working in the time that, that's needed. But Father, so will our, our community and those around us because we're, we've chosen to be generous. And we've chosen to say, you have my heart, God. So whether you ask it directly of me or whether you leave it open for me to choose which way, either way, God, I'm gonna say, I'm in, God. You have my heart. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, we